Mashiach now. Continuing on in the Bain Hametrim series, today is the Gimel. And I want to go ahead and talk about the Korban Tamid, the daily offering, which consisted of two lambs, one in the morning and one in the afternoon. Notice that it is two specific points in time of the day, and there are two specific lambs but it's called Korben Tamid in the singular. So one is two or two is one, shall we say. And one of the really neat things about this offering is it's basically corresponding to dawn and dusk or morning and afternoon, which means that there's technically a rising of the sun happening in the morning and a setting of the sun that's happening in the evening. Not saying that it happens specifically at those points in times, but it's so much so poignant that the Kehot Humash specifically brings up in chapter 28 of Bamidbar in the interpolated uh, translation that you offer the morning lamb facing the west so you offer the evening lamb facing east now that may seem like a very simple thing like oh don't offer the lamb with the sun in your eyes kind of thing there's also just kind of a an interesting little caveat to that that on the surface of of the going along the lines of the concept of avoiding the appearance of evil. Um, we're not sacrificing the lamb to the sun god because, you know, the temple faces east already. So, like, the entrance of, of the opening of the temple, it faces out towards the east. So as you're going in towards the Holy of Holies, you're actually going west, which I think is very interesting considering the diaspora, that when we left Jerusalem, we literally went west. And I know we went to Asia Minor, which is technically east, and we went south and all that. We really dispersed all across the globe, talking first century stuff. But uh, specifically, first temple, we went to Babylon, which is basically back towards the birthplace of Abraham Avinu. So uh, that's interesting. So when we came back from Babylon, it would be like Abraham returning uh, to Eretz Israel or like Abraham going to Israel, coming from Babylon. But anyway, the main point uh, in talking about that little detail is just, it's really interesting the way that we offer this one offering, but it's at two parts of the day and it bookends the sacrificial service. And this actually takes us into one of the tragedies that happened on Yud Zayin Batamuz, the 17th of Tammuz, that the Korban Ola, it stopped, the, the Korban Tamid. And I mentioned on the first episode of this series for 5781 that when we had the Korban Tamid offered, it was a source of atonement. It was doing so many things. It was a lot of protection and it actually ties back to the Akeda. 
and obviously the crucifixion of Yeshua. And so, uh, which is Akidat Yeshua, which is amazing because there is a source called Akidat Yitzhak. But um, you just think about the implications of that, that it was just kind of like, okay, so we're taking that away. You know, we're taking away your your merits, your protection. Um, and this is also the day when the walls of Jerusalem were breached. And I talked about the walls being impenetrable. Uh, and so you kind of see how things are connected together and how there's all the breakdowns that go on, which just to get into a particular um, current event where there's all these different structures that are collapsing and breaking down. Uh, the implications of that on so many levels is uh, very prophetic, uh, not in the in the loopy, whoopy, uh, goofy prophecy sense, but just in the more thoughtful and what what does this mean? You know, so much so that even Rabbi Mendel Chesson Shlita, uh, he he's actually uh, talking about it. He actually has a a video that he uh, did on it. So I haven't gotten to watch it, but. Just seeing the title was very thought-provoking, and I think about a lot of what's happened over the centuries uh, within Judaism and within Christianity and within Islam and with the, the other greater religions of the world. The main thing is all mankind has an opportunity to know Hashem, and the only way to truly know Hashem is through His Torah. So. Back to the Corbin time me to finish out today's episode. I'm going to actually break this up over a couple of parts because there's a lot of sources to really present and give them the proper framework. So the first thing is we're going to start with the text on the Pashat level from Parshat Pincus of this week. And it comes from Bamidbar 27, Bamidbar Kaf Zain. And uh, starting in Pasuk, uh, Tet Vav, which is 15. So if you look there, it says, Vaidaber Moshe El Hashem Lemor. So Adonai spoke, or Moshe spoke to Hashem, saying, Now, normally it's Hashem speaking to Moshe. But this time, it's Moshe speaking to Hashem. And one of the commentaries brings down that this is Moshe commanding Hashem. Uh, namely, there's a commentary by Chaya Shuchat, uh, May She Live and Be Well. And this is uh, an article from Chabad. And it literally says, when Moses commanded God. So, uh, beautiful article. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple of points. Um, but here is the Keho Tumash. God spoke to Moshe after he asked him to, point, to appoint a successor, saying, I understand that you're concerned for the welfare of the people, and therefore you asked me to appoint a leader who will care for them after you are gone. You know, 
this really evokes the thought of Yeshua's words when he was talking to Hashem in the garden about, you know, all the future people who would come to believe and things like that. So literally those of us who are uh, Shliakim, Tamadim of Mashiach Yeshua, followers of Yeshua, which means we're sent ones. Um, Anyway, so he prayed for us. We have literally tefilot from the mouth of Mashiach (laughs) that have been prayed over us. And we already know the words he speaks are eternal because what are the words of the Zohar scroll? They're eternal. (laughs) So say la, because that's crazy. But anyway, um, he wanted to make sure that we were not left without a shepherd. So who did he appoint? Kepha. And, you know, it's really amazing to think about the fact that before a leader departs, that he really wants to make sure his uh, his people are taken care of. So crazy part is um, Rabbi Foreman of Aleph Beta has a beautiful art article about uh, leadership. And one of the most beautiful things he wrote is that the the progeny of the leader is his successor. And it's not necessarily his his children. So I'm going to go actually to, I took a screenshot of it because it was so amazing. Uh, Let's see here. A shepherd is not about himself at all. He is entirely about the flock. That's what Moshe was, and that's who Yehoshua was. He minimized himself for a larger value for for a larger value for a larger mission. That's the perfect leader, one who makes himself secondary to the needs of the group. That's what was being transferred to Yehoshua. That was Moshe's legacy that was being continued on top of the mountain. So leadership uh, is about facilitating the needs of the community. Moshe, everything you've done and been for the people, that's your legacy. That will continue with someone who will devote himself to continue it. So everything that you've done and been for the people that's your legacy that's your offspring that's your progeny that's what you leave behind so all this is about the appointed successor now why do i bring this up when i'm talking about the corbin tommy because this is how the corbin tommy is introduced is through this concept of the leader appointing a successor and Moshe commanding Hashem and Hashem saying, okay, Yeshua is going to be your successor, which is crazy because Mashiach's name is Yeshua. And so on a crazy, whichever level you want to put this on, whether Prashat, Ramaz, or Drash, or Sod, um, the legacy of Moshe is Mashiach. So that's crazy. But in verse two, it says, I understand that you, 28 verse two of numbers, Bami Bar, 28 two, 
I understand your concern for the welfare of the people, and therefore you asked me to appoint a leader who will care for them after you are gone. But I am concerned that your that their obedience to me so far has been out of respect for you, their devoted leader. Goes without saying, but we have to make sure we're not caught up on our leader as much as we're caught up on Hashem. We should see the the leader as sort of a proxy uh, at the at best, you know, uh, because we should always keep our eyes fixed and focused on Hashem. It's not about our leader. It's about Hashem. Our leader should be so nullified to himself that it's just kind of like he's he becomes like a lens or a glass um and obviously we're not perfect so it won't be a clear glass but with moshe it was because why he saw through a glass clearly all the other prophets don't so yeah so when we look at that aspect right so anyway if we ever esteem our leader more than we esteem hashem uh shalom that we do that but this is one of the things that Hashem brought up to Moshe was like, yeah, you want them to have a leader, but they don't need to be looking at anyone but me. What is the, the message to Shemuel, Samuel the prophet? The people were asking for a king. Hashem said, no, they haven't rejected you. They rejected me. Which means what? Samuel was seen as a king over the people and they didn't think so. And they were like, well, let's get an actual king because this sort of semi kind of king person who's really the greatest judge of the nation ever. Um, we're not OK with that. We need we need to be like everybody else. We can just have, you know, that you got the title, you got the accolades, you got the you got the uh, the role defined and everything. We can't deal with all this um, this un unclarity stuff. So that's crazy because, again, who is our true leader? It's Hashem. We can have human agency appointed to represent that. But again, if we get that out of balance, that's going to be a problem, which was the main problem about asking for a king. And this is the main issue Hashem addressed with Moshe already by saying, make sure that the people understand I'm their leader before Yehoshua is their leader. Think about that with the Mashiach. Make sure that we don't put Mashiach ahead of Hashem. Oh my gosh. Remember the angel of Hashem, Memtat drop from Parsha Mishpatim? Don't um, mistake him for me. Don't uh, listen to his words uh, like like as if they're not my words, you know, when you start studying out Memtet, you know, and it's just like, okay, don't get us switched. Don't get us twisted. You know, don't get us mixed up. I'm still a shim. And it's just kind of like, all right. So this is one of the biggest problems with how belief in Yeshua has been presented for thousands of years is that, oh yeah, forget about Hashem. Let's just go with him, you know? And furthermore, as we think like that, let's actually, in all reality, follow Shaul. Let's follow his words. Forget about Peter. Forget about James. You know, forget about John. You know, we'll start with the book of John, but we're ultimately going to base everything off of Paul. So it's just like, 
what is happening? Anyway, there's a breakdown. So to finish this verse, it says, I therefore ask you now to enjoin them to respect my wishes after you die. Command the Israelites and say to them, take care to offer the daily and additional communal offerings at their prescribed times. Moreover, you shall watch over the daily offerings, stationing representatives of the priest, Levites, and laity as it is burned. This applies particularly to its blood, which is termed my offering. The actual offering of the Corvin is the blood. The blood is the main part of the Corvin Tamid. That's going to come into play with the rest of the sources on this. Just remember the blood. And it says, and it's fats, parts, uh, which are termed my food for my fire offerings. Then it says, which you offer to please me, you are to offer it to me at its appointed time, that is twice a day. The appointed time is twice a day. Isn't it interesting that we do the Shema twice a day? So Moshe commanded Hashem to appoint a successor. Hashem said, great, appoint Yehoshua and also tell the people about the Korban Tamid because I'm first and foremost. And that is where we'll conclude today. We'll continue Bezrat Hashem. And may we all actualize Mashiach and may Hashem be our king. And may we tikkun the fact of losing the daily offerings uh, on the 17th of Tammuz. May we tikkun those and do the Shema, recite the Korban Tamid, think about the Korban Tamid, and do this every morning and every afternoon. Speak forth Mashiach, actualize the Geula, let's build the temple. No Lashan Hara, Lashan Kodesh, baseless love. Let's do this.